from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 12 minutes after 7 on this Wednesday morning, we had meteorologist Craig Coplin on with us earlier today. He said with this severe weather, biggest problem with it would be some sizable hail in terms of uh, what's happening as opposed to like those strong straight line winds which you can get with storms like that quite a lightning show too yeah a lot of reports of that in the area showing up on you know when the tv stations do the put the lightning track on it it's all lightning you know there's a chance you end up with some roof damage in things like this particularly when we get hail and first thing i think of always is my car but actually you know you can go out and check on that thing is if it's your roof you don't really know if that got dinged up. So I called up my guy, Chuck Zika. He is president and managing partner of Tri-County Contracting in New Berlin. They do a lot of roof work. And here's, Chuck just describes what hail can do to your roof. Yeah, it can actually damage the the shingle itself. And so what it does when it hits it, it knocks the granules off of the shingle. And what actually is the damage that we're concerned about for the roof is if it, if it knocks the granules off and punctures what we call the mat, which is the underside or the main part of the shingle. Uh, there are a lot of fine companies that do roofing here in southeast Wisconsin. I know Chuck, so he's a, he's a guy I know and trust. You're going to hear me talking about Tri-County here coming up uh, in our next break, actually. So, I, But I just wanted to call Chuck and pick his brain about what happens up there and what they sort of see. Now, as far as strong winds, they can rip the shingles off your roof. <laughs> and how would you know? Sometimes you can see that from the ground, that there's just felt paper all of a sudden between shingles or... You have shingles in your backyard. Uh, they match up to what's on your house, and then they're from your roof. Sometimes they blow from the neighbor's house, but there, there's definitely the chance that shingles themselves actually pull off. And, and obviously, at that point, then we're dealing with the next time it rains, there is the chance that water's infiltrating into the attic and staining the ceiling and getting into the house. And that's the last thing we want. Yeah, I did like how he said, you know, if you got shingles laying in the yard, you go out there and check, like, is mine, or does that match the color of my Oh, no, different color. All right. To the, you go, give it to the neighbor? Got to knock on the neighbor's door then and say, hey, guy, you might, <laughs> might want to have Chuck out <laughs> and right. get him up there. He did say if you have a newer roof, it should be able to take winds like what we're seeing today. It's these older roofs, and you know if you got an older roof and you're a little bit worried about it, that's where the wind can get up underneath the shingles, and that's how they get ripped off. Uh, some of the problem there, he said, your roof, uh, if it's aging, it's just more susceptible to damage from wind. But if you got a, a newer roof or your roof's in good shape, should be able to handle the strong winds like we're seeing today. Brandon Snyde has sports coming up next. It's sponsored by Holiday Automotive at Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. If you are a Milwaukee sports fan or a Wisconsin sports fan, last night was your night. We'll start with the Bucks with only four games remaining in their regular season. Milwaukee was visiting Washington looking to take care of business against the Wizards. Holiday thinks about the threes being a seven-foot arm. So he'll go right by him and plunge it through with a murderous left-hand jam. Oh, that was just filthy. Drew Holiday with the filth there. Two of his 26 points on that slam. And the Bucks would go to the nation's capital and dominate Washington for a final score of 140-128. to 128. Giannis led the charge for the Deer for his sixth triple-double of the season, finishing with 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. He spoke after the game on what the number one scene means for him and his team as the playoffs near with their magic number sitting at one. It's a great feeling to play game seven at home. That does guarantee you that you're going to win the game. 
nothing, as I've said it multiple times, nothing is given. You have to earn every single thing, but playing a game seven at your house gives you better possibilities to be successful. And uh, we work all year long to uh, have the best record in the league and have home court advantage against every team in the NBA. And hopefully we can take advantage of that. Next up for the Bucks is a home game tonight against the Chicago Bulls over at Pfizer Forum. Tip-off is set for 6.30. Catch full coverage up right here on WTMJ immediately following Wisconsin's afternoon news beginning at 6 p.m. Over to baseball as the Brewers entered their season with many questions about what their hitting and offense would look like. And, well, they answered some of those. Jeff Levering on the call as the Brewers would rack up five homers on the night, chasing off the Mets ace Max Scherzer and easily winning nine to nothing barrel over roll. New York and barrel rolling for a nineteen to zero lead so far in these first two games. We got a barrel, barrel roll. Rolls. There we go. I was waiting for it. Wade Miley got the start last night and the win, throwing six shutout innings, which also became good enough for his one hundredth career Mitchell. The, uh, excuse me, victory. The Brewers do go for the sweep today with Corbin Burns on the mound. First pitch is set for 12:40. Our coverage begins right here on WTMJ beginning at 12:10. Sighting unlimited WTMJ news time 7:18. I want to be elected. Elected. At 7:23. On Wisconsin's Morning News this Wednesday morning, Wednesday after Election Day, the spring general election is in the books. All races decided. Have they, like, officially called the Canodal race yet? I don't believe so. And and when we say officially, I mean, it takes none of these results yeah. are official. Correct. These are all estimates. They're the, not, not estimates, they're the vote counts that we've gotten, but they have not yet been canvassed. They go through a series of processes over the next several days before the votes become mm-hmm. official. But... Um, the Canodal race, so this is for Wisconsin's 8th Senate District, and that's the seat that was held for many years, I think almost three decades, by Alberta Darling. She retired, and so you had uh, an election, a special election here in conjunction with the Spring General. Dan Canodal, the Republican, right now showing he is ahead of Jody habish Sinekin by about 1,300 votes. So that's about 2%, and we expect that to hold, even though nobody's put a check mark on that race as of yet this morning. Biggest race on the ballot, of course, that for state Supreme Court justice. That's a 12-point margin. Got your boat race up there? Boat oh, yeah, race. Yeah, it was, it was pretty darn close. I mean, when you think of how close the gubernatorial election was, how close the Senate election was in the state, you know, how close the presidential election was the last time around, to have a 12-point margin statewide. Boat race. I think that qualifies. Right, and I'm not saying you should be happy about it or not happy about it. It's just it was what You're it was. You're just defining it as a boat. Race. Yep, uh, Judge Protosewitz uh, won handily. Um, other races I'm looking at. We have Andrea Pratt, whom you know her father Eric and I both covered, yeah. former acting mayor of Milwaukee, Marvin Pratt, and she appears to have won the aldermanic race in District One in Milwaukee by about seven by not about by 17 votes. I guess former state representative David Bowen has not indicated whether or not he's going to challenge the result. But that's a close He wasn't one. sure yet. He told the paper he still have to think on that one. I know a lot of folks, they really wanted me to get into the Tosa school board race, and I, I didn't have the energy for it because I, I don't live in Tosa anymore. That's where I grew up, and I know a lot of people there, and 
They know people on both sides of a lot of things, and they were kind of, hey, you got to talk about the, the three Tosa dads who were running for school board. And there were a group of men who kind of ran as a block, and we're seeing the, that in school board races. You saw it in the falls and some other places. Mm-hmm. They were running as the three Tosa dads wanted to shake up the school board there. They got boat raced. They all lost by more than 20 points. Boat race. Come on, E, let's go. Boat race. <laughs> Sorry, I'm slow to the trigger. It was a late night. Right. It was, although not as late as it could have been. Again, You're the results good, were in that's a great point. Fairly early. The other storyline that, that a lot of folks are talking about, and I'm seeing it on the old National Bank talk and text line, is it was a concession because former Justice Dan Kelly did, in fact, concede the race. He said, I acknowledge and respect the results. The voters have spoken. But he had nothing kind to say about his opponent, uh, Judge Janet Protosiewicz. And it brings me no joy to say this. I wish that in a circumstance like this, I would be able to concede to a worthy opponent. But I do not have a worthy opponent to which I can concede. This was the most deeply deceitful, dishonorable, despicable campaign I have ever seen run for the courts. Didn't stop there. It went on and on. He called Judge Protosiewicz a serial liar, which a lot of his supporters agreed with. I'm not even making a judgment on that. I'm just saying what what he said. And according to the Journal Sentinel, it did not call her to say, I I concede the race, congratulations, or whatever. You don't even have to be particularly friendly on that, but I think you got to call. Even Hillary Clinton did that, right? Secretary Hillary Clinton called Donald Trump, who, along with his supporters, was saying, lock her up. She still called the guy on a night when she expected to win. And had, you know, was was dealing with all that. She still called. Isn't that interesting, though, that we 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 see all the the I don't want to say poison and vitriol, but I'll use that for during the actual campaigns. Mm-hmm. And then we expect, though, when it's over <laughs> for everyone to be friends and shake hands. Doesn't always work out that way, I guess. Well, I guess I don't know if I expect them to be friends, but I do expect them to shake hands. Yeah, I, <laughs> right? I understand. I get it. the kids on an opening day at American Family Field wanted a piece of Christian Yelich. Can we have, um, we want uh, a person on the Brewers autograph. You want a player? Yeah. Do you Me have too. a favorite player that you want? Yelich. 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 Right. If I see Yelly, I'll tell him you're waiting on him, okay? Yeah! Yeah! Yes. Yeah, well, I didn't exactly get that message. <laughs> Come to on, they probably thought you were an important person. They did because I was happen. on the field at the time yeah. before first pitch, and these Some kids are talking to me like, right? So, and I would have said if I had been in position near Yelich, said, "Hey, these kids are over there looking for you." Like he didn't know, but <laughs> well, apparently these kids talked to the wrong guy. You know, who you need to talk to Mark Atanasio, oh. who owns the club. And one of many kids who were in the ballpark looking for an autograph or some nod from Yelich, this uh, girl, 17-year-old from Oshkosh, had come down with one of those signs like, oh, bucket list, you know, mm-hmm. check this, check that, check that. And she wanted an autograph from Christian Yelich. Somehow she was near Mark Antanasio, who sometimes sits in his seats right there near yep, the dugout, yep. and struck up a conversation, and he liked her sign. According to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, they had this conversation, and Atanasio spent about a half hour trying to track Yelich down after the game, which he did, and Yelly came out, signed her ball, did all the stuff. Wow. She was able to check that box on her list. Thanks, Mark. That's nice. Nice See? owner right there. So those kids talked to the wrong guy. 
Sorry, kids. <laughs> Seven forty-four. We have Brewers play-by-play man Jeff Levering joining us next in Brewers three hundred and sixty. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Brian Anderson and Garrett Mitchell each homered twice, and the Milwaukee Brewers belted a total of five home runs on their way to defeating the New York Mets for their fourth win in a row for a final score of 9-0. to zero. Barrel roll. <laughs> Barrel roll. The Brewers do go for the sweep. I should have knew that was coming. The Brewers do go for the sweep today with Corbin Burns on the mound. First pitch is set for 1240. Our coverage begins right here on WTMJ beginning at 1210. Brewers 360 is sponsored by Holiday Automotive and online with us this morning is Brewers play-by-play man Jeff Levering. Jeff, back to back to back. I was watching and there was... I don't know what it looked like in person, but on TV, there was so much smoke from the fireworks <laughs> inside AmFam. Like, I don't know how they're seeing the ball. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you and I were talking about it, too. They brought the fireworks back this season, and uh, I think it's a great thing that they did that because it's been a couple of years since the fireworks were there. But uh, they needed to go up there and reload the shells after a little while, man. Five homers and two innings. Uh, first time any Major League Baseball team has ever done that, by the way. Go back to back to back and then go back-to-back in the next inning. First time it's ever happened in Major League Baseball history. Um, you nailed every single one of those home runs, the back-to-back-to-backs. And, uh, yeah, we need some more fireworks shells up there on the old catwalk. Jeff, speaking of fireworks, this this young core that the Brewers called up to train, Weimer and, uh, and Mitchell, it, it, there's a different vibe, it feels like, this year. When you watch the game, it's almost like, you got to look at the lineup like, all right, I got Terrain coming up second. I got to get in front of the TV. Garrett Mitchell's on base. I got to see what he does. What's the difference between this year and last year? And I know that it's a different year, different rosters, but it just seems like there's a different vibe and a different energy with this current Brewers roster. No, I think youth does that to to a lot of things, right? Whether you're in a workplace, you could be working in an insurance firm, you could be working anywhere, and and someone who comes into your your establishment and brings a new energy can kind of light a fire under everybody. And uh, I think that's what these the young kids have been doing, Weimer and and uh, Bryce Terang and Garrett Mitchell, and Garrett Mitchell was there for a month last season too, but uh, it, it just, they bring this great enthusiasm to the game, and I think it just rubs off on everybody in a very positive way. Um, I think their speed is game-changing. The way they play defense changes games. Um, it's just must-watch television or must-listen radio at the moment just because you never know what those three guys are going to do, and we're only five days into the season. I think it's great. Hey, World, Jeff, well, World Series, I'm yeah, on it already we're, today. We're, we're already definitely going. going to the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who's going to start game one. Ready. Yeah, I know, right? Get the, they start, ought to start getting the lineup and, you know, right, yeah. make sure the lineup's right, the, the rotation. Hey, Jeff, are you TV or radio today? I am TV today. I'm going to be on TV for the next couple of months. B.A. was there for four days, and now he's kind of off on his NBA schedule and uh, I'll be on TV for a little while. Okay, so, so we have some ideas okay, ask for him. you. Ask him. We have some ideas for you for the home run calls, <laughs> which um, which we so, know you uh, love and appreciate. So since you're playing New York one more time, um, here's three options for you today. If uh, okay. someone goes yard for the crew, a start spreading the news. <laughs> you could yell that. Uh, all right, all right. B. Okay. Oh, wait, that that's, the, that's I like a. that one. B is, do you like apples? How do you like this big uh, apple? <laughs> right? Oh, okay. Right, okay. 
And then the third one is only a Carpathian would come back to life now and choose New York. Well, third one is a lot of words. Uh, yeah, that one is a lot. What, you guys haven't seen Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> Am I the only one that's oh, no, seen them? Oh, no, I love it. I, <laughs> I love Ghostbusters 2, by the way, with the sludge. Um, you know, I'd probably go with number two. I'd like a, how do you like them apples? Yes. It's not a bad one. Yeah, thank That's you. Not bad. Okay, well, you're locked in then. No. Good. You've made your. <laughs> if we want to do a Ghostbusters, you've made your choice. <laughs> you locked oh in your no, choice. I would do no Dana only Azul if I was doing <laughs> oh, a Ghostbusters yes. thing. Okay. Do it. All right, yeah. All right. Yeah. we would be fine with that. There okay. is no Dana okay. only Zool. No, no Dana only Zool. <laughs> I don't know how I'd be able to mix that in. I try though. Just do it. You just—that's the thing. I'm learning that on this show. You just just right. throw in the drop. Doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You could say anything once. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right. you're on Here the clock, go. Level. We're listening. All right, guys. Talk <laughs> to you next week, guys. See you, bud. <laughs> and he's done with that call. <laughs> Jeff Levering, play-by-play man for your Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> Only a Carpathian would come back to life now and choose New York. Idea Man. Old boy proposed to his girl, okay, down on one knee, from center field, before he was quickly tackled. Innovative. It was a clean hit, too. Wouldn't even have drawn a flag. I mean, just, you really know, good no hit. helmet to helmet. Head out of it. And Packers Hall of Famer. Someone get Joe Barry on the phone. It's time for Tausch. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by fellow windows and doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and by Kohler Services. We are laughing, Tausch, as we had Jeff Levering on with us. You know, there were back-to-back-to-back home runs inside American Family Field. They light off the fireworks and all that. There's a bunch of smoke in there. And then on top of that, we got this new thing with the lights where they flash on and off as our guys are rounding the bases after a home run. And I'm thinking of the Mets ace, Scherzer's on the mound, and he has to just stand there. (laughs) And take it <laughs> while all this hoopla yeah, is going on around him. Yeah, it's one thing. I mean, obviously, you're an athlete and you're competing, and you know you're going to give up some stuff, but it's always a little salt in the wound. And then, you know, you got the bat flip guys now, and I think that, that part's been embraced a little bit. But when you do something that is not good on an athletic field, you kind of want to hide. You don't really, and you know, for me, if I got a false start or a holding penalty, you knew the camera was going to zoom in on you. You knew that it would show up on TV. So for Scherzer, I'm sure he gives up the first home run. He goes, all right, give me the ball back. Let me go. And you give up the second one. And then instead of it just being able to move on and with the pitch clock, everything being faster, <laughs> all of the fireworks and all of the other stuff just continues to enhance that, and you don't really you you want to just move forward with it. So it it's a great home field advantage because how do you think he's sitting there feeling about himself? You want to just get on to the next one, and instead you have to wait for all this, and you have to keep thinking about it. So kudos to the AmFam field ops people to make that thought process continue in his head, and maybe helps allow giving up three straight home runs in one inning. When he's as a pitcher, you're literally out there on the island. Did you like retreat immediately into the huddle? <laughs> it's like no, I'm not, oh, tr- not yeah, going to be exposed tried to- here at all. <laughs> no, 
it's funny because you always try to get in a conversation. First off, <laughs> you always disagree with the call. Yeah. Oh, uh, at oh. least with a false start, you you can't. But you 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 always want to see because you know the camera's going. And I always laugh now watching games on TV because guys are shaking their head and it's like, well, of course they don't think that they got called. But with a false start, eh, you can't really argue that. It, typically you're going to see it. So you always go and try to either talk. For me, it would be the tight end or someone else because then at least when the camera pans, maybe the producer doesn't know which person it is. Maybe I get Bubba Franks in the uh, – camera shot of it and maybe they think it was Bubba that got the false start so you don't really think about it but I think subconsciously you don't want to be out there all by yourself it's a team game you want to bring others in Tausch when you look at this Brewers team and and we talked about it with Jeff Levering just a little bit ago the impact the energy that these young kids have brought the terrains and the in the in the Mitchells and the Weemers I had to stop doing homework with my seven-year-old last night so I could go run to the living room and watch Bryce terrain at bat um, as as a former player, can you talk a little bit about what like rookies? I know football is a different sport, but like the impact rookies and younger talent had coming into the locker room oh, does it does it rub off on you guys? Absolutely, and I think you know you go through uh, kind of different statuses in your career. I mean, when you're the young guy, you do have more energy, and then you kind of become you start morphing into the crusty old veteran type. And for me, when all like uh, Rivera and Flanny and Mike Wall left, I became the old guy. And when Sitton and TJ Lang and Bulaga came in, there's that youthful energy that forces you to go back. It actually totally rejuvenates from an older player's perspective. It gives you a whole new lease on life. You remember what that was like. You don't just sit around and talk about all the bad stuff as older people sometimes can do. You get that youthful energy, and that can really be a boost to the career. Afternoon baseball at American Family Field today. Thanks, Tosh. We'll do trivia tomorrow. Sounds good.